To quote the legendary Mean Machine wide receiver Cheeseburger Eddie, it ain't easy being cheesy. And Florida State Seminoles will be proving just that when they take on the Oklahoma Sooners in the Cheese Bowl in Orlando on December 29th. All that and more on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today in the stream yard, I got Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's going on, my guy? Drake, uh, we're, you know, it's, a, it's always a weird part of the season when it gets to this point, because we're all about to go seven months with no football. So let's let's enjoy this. Let's bask in this. We still have football, unlike some other schools like Miami uh, that suck. So we don't suck. So we have football left to play. We do. We do. And folks, that's what we're talking about today. We're doing a little mini like look ahead towards the cheese it Bowl that we're in against the Oklahoma Sooners. Later on, probably in the month closer to the actual game, we'll be asking Mr. John Williams of Locked On Sooners to give us his perspective. But most importantly, let's get Dave's perspective. Dave. Opinionated, what do you make of FSU getting this bowl? And what do you make of the matchup against the Oklahoma Sooners or the fighting Brent Venables? Drake, uh, I love <laughs> I love that we get to play a crappy six and six Oklahoma team. Um couldn't feel much better about this impending 10 win season. I'm I, there's no jinxing this. We're, we're, it's a 10 win season. Good job, boys. Um Oklahoma's not good. Um it's it's funny because Brent Venables is kind of like a case study on the phenomenon of was everything in Clemson predicated on like all of those guys being in there, that system for so long, like Dabo, I mean, Clemson just won the ACC, but they don't feel like the same Clemson. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not overly worried about the matchup. We We can and should get a lot more into the specifics of that matchup and that Oklahoma football team. But. I think this is this is not the toilet bowl that Florida State's playing in. We're we're playing in a legit bowl game, um, a bowl game that I feel very good about. It's going to get us those fifteen extra practices, which is always welcome. That's something that that probably hasn't been great for the development of the team in past years. And look, it's something for the fans to enjoy. Um, it, we're we're staring down the barrel of a ten win year, and. A lot of us, I think, thought, hey, let's just try to make a bowl. Let's win six games this year, and that'll be stellar progress. Well, guys, it, we are so far ahead of that right now. Um, and that's not necessarily to say we're going to win the ACC or the national championship next year, although I do think we're going to have a shot at the ACC next year. But it, it, it's a good feeling. It is a marquee name, albeit not a marquee team we're going to be playing. And well, it's, it's a blue, it's a blue blood program. Right. I mean, let, let's be real here. I mean, Oklahoma, we had the national championship game from 2000s. One thing comes to mind, but Oklahoma overall, they've been a blue blood since you know as long as anyone can remember. So it's a good you know program versus program kind of matchup. Also, it's a good uni versus uni kind of matchup. Yeah, right. Um, just it, it is it is a good matchup in so many ways for Florida State and our fans. Just to be playing football after the ACC championship game is a testament to the fact that this program is headed in the right direction. Um, 
Miami paid a hundred bajillion dollars for their coach, and they're going to be sitting at home watching us play, uh, being overly critical despite the fact that they're terrible. Yeah, I mean that is kind of nice. Or you can also be in Florida shoes right now, where their mm-hmm. bowl game is like what in like I think of the, we're recording this December fifth. It's dropping late Monday night. Their game is in twelve days, yeah, and so they don't get the full fifteen uh, practices, which is probably doesn't help you at all. And also they lose an official recruiting weekend because they have to travel to Las Vegas for the bowl game. So, I mean, Dave, you're right. Our bowl game allows the 15 practices. It allows us to have the official visit weekend. I think it'll be December 9th, December 10th. I think it will be either this weekend or the following weekend because I don't think FBS transfers can visit campuses until December 8th. But overall, it's just good to see FSU for the fan base and the program as a whole kind of like taking almost center stage once again. And being even though it's in Orlando, you'd be probably be seeing a few of us actually out there covering the team. Yeah, it's going to be I, – I, I fully expect a Doke mid-south, whatever you want to call Orlando kind of situation. Mid-central? Doke central, sure, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you got Doke south, which is, you know, is, is the hard rock state, or, or formerly known as Joe Robbie or pro player for people like myself and Dave. Then you yeah. got – what I think it was a Camping World Stadium. That's where – I don't know where – like I don't know a bunch of the World Cup and soccer matches are there. And then you got, you know, Dork, you know, northeast or – sorry, northwest, which is Gainesville. But, hey, you know, we know what you're going to do. We're, it's going to be a good opportunity for a lot of fans to get. I, I don't know that everybody in South Florida is willing to make the trip to Tallahassee to see us play. Just people with families. That's a long trip. That's a tough trip. Central Florida is a different story. So I expect this to be a good opportunity for a lot of our fans to get to see a team that they may not have seen play in person this year. Uh, the team always needs and loves your support. And it, like I said, I'm, very, very, very fully expecting this game to come out in our favor. So get to see a 10-win season capped off in person. That is that is a great place to be. Um, and I I can't wait to talk more about this matchup because this this is going to be a kind of the kind of game where you're going to see some fireworks out of this Florida it's gonna State be, offense. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun against that. That is one of the worst defenses in the power five Oklahoma is, which is funny that Brent Venables is the coach there while that's the case. Uh, but yeah, the, you're going to see Jordan Travis have some fun out there. Jordan Travis and, and, and the boys, Trey Benson, everybody's going to have a fun game in that one. It's going to be a really fun game. It's going to actually probably also help with recruiting overall yeah. too. Because Oklahoma, I know it's like they do kind of like, they don't pick every single player from South Florida, but Oklahoma still is kind of a name brand when it comes to be those those state of Miami kids, which is Orlando down the R4 corridor down to Miami. So that'll be kind of basically, it'll be nice to show that you are, you can actually go toe to toe with the other, these other blue buds that you do have recruiting battles with, even though I did wish that we played against Texas primarily because it will be kind of the, the Cedric Baxter bowl. And also that kind of also will be in a fun game too, with Steve Sarkeesian offense, but we're, we're going to settle for Dylan Gabriel. I know he's coming back next year for OU and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun uh, content kind of time actually for us here on Lockdown Sentinels. Hundred percent, and it it does feel like an interesting juxtaposition of two teams because Oklahoma felt like it was you know on top of the college football world, not on top, but but right up right up to the close, top, close, close, making close. playoffs and and doing their thing under Lincoln Riley, and then Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams left, and he's going to win the Heisman, and now USC is pretty decent, not despite what you saw in that uh, Pac-12 championship game. And Oklahoma's bad. And obviously there was going to be a transition with Venables coming in and Riley headed out. But it feels like they're starting to do this. And Florida State is pretty good up on the climb right now. So good vibes all around. And Drake, speaking of good vibes, I believe you have something good to tell our folks about today, don't you? 
Well, I do actually, folks. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Omaha Steaks. Folks, the holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together specially curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you the holiday hero. That's right, Dave. You can be the holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. At checkout to get $30 off of your order, send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites, whether it be the Butcher's Cup Filet McNon or Filet Mignon, Iron Chill Boneless Chicken, and Ultra Juicy Burgers, and even easy repair comfort food, comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Simply, folks, head on over to omahasteaks.com, use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N at checkout, because, folks, let's get thick this holiday season with three C's. Omaha Steaks, delicious. Okay, Dave, now that we do the mini preview of the bowl, and also, folks, we will be doing our bowl kind of every single year. We have a bowl kind of bonanza that we have on the show. We'll be bringing Max back on for that. We'll bring on some other special guests, talk about each every single bowl. That's where Dave gets to listen to myself and Max and Danny Domino, one of the gambling experts, talk about the little small little teams that Dave really does not care or doesn't think they should be playing football anymore. Shout out to Elaine. But we're talking about transfer portal because today, December 5th, was officially the first day that kids can actually officially announce and enter the NCAA transfer portal. FSU had four players so far enter the portal. Sam McCall, we talked about last week, defensive back. Sean Bray Jackson, defensive line. Amari Gaynor also entered the portal today, as well as Jared Jackson, the defensive tackle. Dave, what do yeah. you? we discussed Sam McCall last week. We don't need to rehash that overall. Yeah. What do you think about the other three players and how do you think it impacts the team moving forward? It doesn't, and I don't think it. I, I'm not concerned about it. The fact that those have been the only names that have entered thus far, uh, when you've seen the frenzy that is the early right away transfer portal activity around the country, I mean, a lot of those kids knew they were going to do it and then pulled the trigger as soon as they could. Um, and that's not been the case at Florida State. And, you know, like you said, we talked about Sam McCall. I'm not happy about it, but I, I also don't think it's a devastating loss to this team. And, I, I, the other the other kids that have left those were those were depth pieces and sure they they could have developed into good players here at Florida State but I don't I don't think it affects the the performance or results of any games uh, especially this year but but even next year uh, because they probably would have been late, like third string rotational type pieces um, if that and yes it hurts not having the depth but that also opens up more slots for recruiting we're playing better. Ipso facto, we should be getting better players in, and we we probably could use that space, especially with uh, Norvell's record in the transfer portal thus far. I mean, no, I completely agree. I mean, the one that I think I didn't surprise me mainly was Amari Gainer, mainly because he was someone that you can see wasn't biting, wasn't getting through the two deep overall linebacking play has substantially improved. I do think Tatum Bethune is very close to coming back. I think Kevin Deloach is almost a sure lock to be coming back. We have Omar Grant coming through. I And I think Amari Gainer is someone that, Quite frankly, he's a great depth piece, but if he wants to be, he, he should, honestly, if he goes to the group of five or even if there's a team in the power five that wants to take, take a chance on him, he definitely can start somewhere else overall. He's a strong kid. He's a good kid, too. Like It's kind of it's kind of sucks to see him go because he's someone that we've seen come from. Program. That, yeah, yeah, he's someone that was here that held the class together after Jimbo left and seeing he's seen each kind of a transition in front of him. So overall, it sucks to see him go. Uh, Sean Bray Jackson is someone that I had high hopes for, but unfortunately, a lot, a lot of the other 2021 kids didn't pan out. And also with Jared Jackson, that's someone that he, I think he graduated, he got his degree, now he's going off to Greener Pastures. So best luck to all of them. But overall, it does open up scholarship spot, spots. And quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some more names. I don't think there's anything to be shocking to us overall. 
even though I do have a feeling that there's going to be one starter that does hit the portal. But overall, I think that we're, we're um, it's going to be Ephesus going to be a very good place roster wise uh, moving forward after this. Yeah, if 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 the if losing one starter is all we're losing in the transfer portal relative to the ACC and the rest of the country, we're doing pretty good. Um, I will say this about Amari Gainer: we've been critical of his like cover, coverage at times here at Florida State, but that kid's gone out there and busted his ass for this yes. team. Um, and this may surprise some people: he was our second highest graded player per PFF this year on defense. So in in limited snaps, he was playing better. Um, I think he did add value to this team. I would I, I would have liked him to come back next year, but but going back to what I said and what you touched on too, we need the spots right now because the whole thing's been we play better, we get better players. Well, we played better, and so now the better players should be coming. And if if that's in theory the case, then we should need the spots. And with how much just whirlwind transfer portal activity there is, including with some really really high level players, both in terms of what they were as high school recruits and or what they've been in college. There's going to be some pieces we could pick up that could plug in along the offensive line or build the depth on the defensive line, or maybe add to that defensive backfield that I think could really, really benefit this team going into next year. So I do consider that more important than the losses. Um, those, those kids, I mean, there was reason to be excited about each of them as recruits and here at Florida state. And I have no hard feelings towards them. They need to do what's best for them. But the people we're replacing them with should be of a caliber that is more in line with a 10-win team currently and consistently on the rise. And that's kind of where I want to pick up a little pick up a little bit too, is that these players most likely with the season that you had winning nine games, potentially winning 10 after the bowl game is that you should be able to have basically your first pick or right of first refusal when it comes to elite, elite talent entering the portal. And there's a lot of elite talent entering the portal right now. I saw Tony Grimes, the cornerback from UNC, heading in there. Uh, The cornerback from UVA, his name is escaping me. Also, I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try without butchering his name. But you should be able to basically, this team is so close to not only competing in the ACC championship, but actually probably winning the ACC championship and also potentially having a spot in a CFP uh, playoff, especially because in two years from now, it will have 10, 12 teams in the CFP and not just four. So you're very close to that. And overall, this is basically where a time where Norvell has been very good. He's been elite at the portal. I think elite, I think is probably a better word than actually probably saying very good. So this is the time now where he needs to go in the portal, work his magic, find the diamonds in the rough, or just find elite talent because that's what the next step is moving forward. He needs to, he needs to do to take this t- program to the next level. Yeah, we've we've used the transfer portal both to try to find guys that could potentially be starters at positions, but in large part, a lot of them have turned out to be depth pieces. I think we're at the point now where with these spots, they should be reserved for impact players, players that we're not wondering, can we get something out of them? Maybe they're diamonds in the rough. I, I think we're past that now. Mm-hmm. Um, once you put up a season like this and you know gain some some really positive momentum like this team has. I think you should be using your your spots that you're clearing up uh, with transfers like this for impact players. And those are the kind of guys, those are the kind of guys we need to take the next step um, without mentioning any specific names. I know that sounds really vague, but we're going to have to start filling out this roster with guys that are competing because they're of the same quality. Like there's guys at positions at the same position. There's two guys that are vying for jobs because they're both very good. And that's the kind of position we should be getting able to get ourselves into now that we've kind of proved the concept. So it's 
it's it always sucks seeing players leave, but it is exciting in a way too, knowing that we're clearing up space for guys that should be able to make a difference next year. No, I'm completely agree with that. That kind of shows that shows a growing, evolving a program in the right direction, right? right? I mean, it's I think Max said it best, like probably last year, talking talking about the team overall. Amari Gainer was a starter for two years, and then if you look back, if we put him on the 2013 team, he would simply probably be one of your rotational pieces. Probably you look at the same thing overall with. Akeem Dent probably will be a great player too as well. But when you look at these elite teams, you have to ask yourself, would that person, would that individual be a starter on the team? Akeem Dent? Maybe. Jamie Robinson? Maybe. Fabian Lovett? Maybe. But it's now a time where you need to go after the bigger fish because you are trying to be that bigger fish and you're trying to eat everyone else in a smaller pond. So to me, that's what you need to do in the trench portal. And so far, Money Mike has been good in the portal. So let's yeah. just see. Let's just let him cook. Yeah, keep in mind, uh, for context, there's other schools out there. And again, I'm going to keep picking on Miami because they're just so bad. Uh, they're going to have a lot of kids leave. Um, they're they're going to have kids leave, too, because they don't like what they saw with the coaching. They don't trust the coaching to get them to where they need to be. That is not the reason kids are leaving Florida State. Um, kids are leaving because they want some more opportunities because it's probably getting harder to find playing time because the team's playing better. So it it's it's just a matter of here kids want playing time. At Miami, kids are probably going to be leaving because they're not in a good spot and they don't trust the situation. So that is not where we are. Simply put, we are in a great spot with these transfers. And Drake, speaking of simply, I think you have something simple to tell the folks about again. Well, folks, today's episode is brought to you by, well, Dave, that's a great segue, but today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Simply Safe. Folks, at Locked On Samuels, we believe home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one, numero uno, rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering our listeners here at Locked On Samuels. 40% off with a new security system, but don't put this off. Here's why I love it. Folks, I got the app. Basically, I'm able to see 24-7, 365, crystal clear HD security camera feeds through any sort of technology I have, whether it be my phone, my iPad, or also my, my laptop over at work. Because Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. Because in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agencies fast-track technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture criminal evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get the higher priority police response. So don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system because you can get 40% off of any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on calls today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on calls because folks, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Now, Dave, while we know the transfer portal taketh away, it also giveth all hail the transfer portal. Because right now, FSU is not portal U, but we've been doing very well. Our hit rate is astronomically high. David, what do you think the staff should focus on when it comes to filling the cupboard and reloading for next season when it comes to targets in the portal? Well, there's going to be some there's going to be some holes created because of the draft. Um, I'm not convinced all of these kids that have gotten some draft hype are going to be leaving. Um, to give an example, I don't think Johnny Williams is or should leave is leaving or well, should well, leave. Wilson Wilson but we'll, right, do Wilson, that. Right. We'll, we'll no save the content save the content we gotta do some more it's offseason man we'll, we'll talk a little more about you know who should say who should go come on now sure but it's gonna depend on things it's gonna depend on things like that like yeah no you're right for example 
Jared Verse leaving would create a massive hole at defensive end for the second year in a row. Um, a, a, a hole at defensive end that we've seen freshmen like Pat Payton really step up to the point where you got to feel good about the fact that that position is not going to fall off in its entirety. But I think that's still a spot where you got to bring a kid in at defensive end, maybe not a Jared Verse or a Jermaine Johnson, but a kid that's going to compete for starting playing time. Um, the interior defensive line has to have bolstering. Um, you saw what happened when Fabian Lovett went out this year. It wasn't bad. It was worse than bad. It, that defensive line was useless without Fabian Lovett in there. So you you got to bring in some impact players on, and I say players, I don't think one will do it. I think you have to bring in a couple guys on the interior defensive line that are going to, again, compete for starting playing time. Uh, if you're going to take that next step, that's got to be the spot. That's got to be the kind of spot you're in. Like, that's something Jimbo preached when he built that championship team. Whatever you think about Jimbo, I don't, I don't, obviously he's doing a terrible job at Texas A&M, but when he built this roster to win a championship, it started on the defensive and offensive lines. And that's something you'll hear a lot of coaches like at Georgia, for example, talk about. And we got to get the defensive line back to a place where one guy going out doesn't capsize its entire ability. So those the defensive line, I think, is my number one priority. The offensive line is always going to be a good target spot for transfers. Um, you saw what happened when there was attrition, when there was injuries this year. Um, it's it, Atkins has done as much as he can with this offensive line to get it to where it is. Like, like I think it's pretty remarkable uh, what what his transformation of this offensive line has been. But he needs the tools to work with, like. If we can start improving the talent level and depth, continuing to improve the talent level and depth along the offensive line, it's only going to get better. So mm-hmm. I, I need to see that depth, functional depth, not guys that are just turnstiles, like guys that if somebody goes down, like we're not worried about are we losing this game? Guys that are not just coming in to try to play in 2024 that are going to try to compete to win a starting spot in 2023. So you got to bring one of those, some of the, I think probably two offensive linemen at least in. I and say three. Maybe I think three, you, right? I, well, because remember, you lose Dylan Gibbons, uh, Jason yeah. Turrentine, who actually performed admirably well. He wasn't supposed to start here, and he actually was your one of your, I think, your leading snappers at the tackle spot. And then you also, you don't know if Caden Lyles comes back. So I think you need to probably get two guards in the interior and maybe a swing lineman to go from any other spot, like a multi, multifaceted one. Because you do get back Bless Harris after the injury. Yeah. So I think two to three is kind of what you want to look at. But I guess, and look, this isn't a criticism of Bless Harris, but I don't think Bless Harris is the kind of player that that you build a the foundation of an offensive line that you're you're hoping to compete for an ACC championship with. Um, that's Clemson just has higher quality of players on their roster right now, uh, according to recruiting rankings, than Florida State does. And again, if we're going to get back to that spot we want to be, that ACC championship quality spot, we we need to improve the talent level. Uh, on the team and the the two of the most important spots, like I said, are going to be in the trenches. So you got to build, you got to build that up with talent. That's going to come in and compete for a starting job because they're good enough to do so. Not just because they're minimally better than our players that Atkins has squeezed the most juice out of. So I think that's critical. Um, But I, I don't think that's the end of it. Like, I don't know if Trey Benson goes pro, for example, but I think a lot of people forget Kaziah Holmes is coming in from Penn state. I, I, he has a chance to be a really good running back here. So I don't know that we necessarily need another running back. Um, I think I'd rather save that spot for the defensive backfield because you saw a lot of, you saw a lot of hype for this defensive backfield from us included um, before this season. And 
we yet again fell victim to Florida State name syndrome because it just it was not consistent throughout the year. There was a lot of bad play in that defensive backfield. Don't be shocked if you see a coaching change there. Um, but I think you have to bring in one or two, again, impact players in that defensive backfield to push the guys that are going to be here next year, which I don't think will, which isn't going to include Jamie Robinson. Well, I agree with you for the most part, but I will not stand for any Bless Harris slander. I do think that's someone that can, you know, be anchored in the right side of the, right side of the offensive line of right tackle, and you can lead to an AC championship. Okay. But I, th- I do agree with you with defensive line. I think for DT, you need two pieces. I think you like you said it perfectly where you saw how important Fabian Lovett is to this entire defense, not only along the trenches, but also kind of get, allowing Jared Verse, Derek McClendon, and at times Darren Dennis Briggs to kind of wreak havoc in the backfield. Defensive back is another spot, mainly because you want those death pieces. You want to have those four to maybe even five defensive backs at all times. I love greedy events, but you need someone else that kind of you want to put on every single down. I don't know if Jerry Jones is coming back. I would love to actually have him back because he, he did improve towards the tail of the season, but you did lose him. McCall, Azari Thomas is still very young. Kevin Knowles and Amarion Cooper, I think we're dealing with injuries for the majority of the year. So you saw how depth-wise that did hurt you because Jarvis Brownlee, he did, while he did leave, he, had, he was your number one snap counter, and you saw that kind of basically overall how much he helped his defense. And then also, I think lastly, offensive line, I'm not going to go any further with that because I agree with you already. I think tight end is going to be the spot for me because Cam McDonald will be That's gone. Correct. And then once Cam McDonald's gone, I think why Rector, as much as he was great on special teams, tight end, he can block, but simply you don't want him to be kind of featured of your passing attack. Same with Preston Daniel. You need someone to come in there, kind of sort of load from Brian Courtney, who's still very young, and then also from kind of unknowns of, of Jackson West and Jarrell Powers. Even though yep. Marcus and Douglas did look better, but Marcus and Douglas is also someone that he does need a lot, a lot of work with blocking. So to me, those are the spots right there, but I do think you'll see kind of them change a little bit, their approach in the portal with that, because like you said, there's a few position coaches I think won't be on staff next year and not because they're let go, but simply they'll probably be hired somewhere else on both sides of the ball. I think tight end room and defensive back room especially will be two spots where you'll see open see vacancies uh, very shortly after the bowl game. Yeah, and I, I don't consider that much of a loss that we could save that for another day and another time, but I'm with you. Um, the tight end spot I think is the last one for me that I think is holding this offense back. Uh, the the running game, clearly uh, clearly, Mike Norvell has it churning. doesn't matter who's back there. It, 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 the scheme works. Uh, the passing game obviously improved greatly this year, but without that threat of the tight end when they're out there, um, it just takes away from how multidimensional the offense can be. So I think, yeah, you add that in. You add in a good tight end. And I think suddenly you're talking about an offense that can be even more consistent and explosive than last year, than this year which is a really scary and fun thought. So yeah, this can be done, guys. This isn't complicated. What we're asking for out of the portal this year is something that I think Mike Norvell has shown he's capable of doing. I think there's a lot of incentive for those kind of kids to come in here uh, in this cycle and, and try to compete on next year's team. And we are in a very good spot right now. We Everybody should be happy with where this program is. There's no, there's no room to be negative about it. There's, there's little things you can nitpick but where we are right now is exactly where everybody wanted us to be. Yeah, exactly. And it's also somewhere like I think, Dave, you predicted I think seven wins. I think I predicted seven to eight wins, but I thought we both thought that basically eight wins or even nine was easily attainable or should have been attainable with the talent on this roster if we actually believe that Mike is the guy. And for right now, that looks like we're right trending in the right direction on the precipice of a 10-win season. 
And now it's not being nitpicky. It's more that we you can kind of I think as a as a layman fan, you can see the holes on this roster, whether it be on the actual player personnel and also on the staff, where some little tweaks here and there can make this car go from going 100 to 120 to 150 and heading right into the CFP where we rightfully belong. And folks, as always, we here on Lock and Samples want to thank each and every single one of you for all your love and support and making us your first listen each and every single day. But now, Dave, it's that time of day. Please let the I folks know. know. Tell them. I know what to tell them. I love each and every one of you. Drake tells me what to tell you, and I don't need him to because you know it already. Uh, but yeah, seriously, thank you for listening. We appreciate it every single day you come back here um, for the podcast. Find us anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play. For the YouTube, please do give the video a like if you liked it, which you should because we're talking about how good we are and how bad Miami is and all other kinds of good stuff. Um, please subscribe to the channel. It's really easy. It takes two seconds. Uh, ding the little bell. Turn on your notifications. It'll let you know when our videos drop. And as always, please do leave us some comments. Um, who do you want to see us grab in particular in the transfer portal? Are there any names that you're interested in? And is there anyone on this staff that you would like to see replaced? I want to see those comments because those are things that we're going to talk about. Because we have a long offseason, folks. Next time we'll be coming on here, we will talk about, like as Dave was saying, those particular transport targets. We'll also be talking about basically later on this week where actually I think it was a listener uh, comment that said, why don't you revisit your old hot takes? We will be doing that because actually Dave and I were pretty, pretty close. We were pretty, pretty accurate because you know what? We're actually pretty good at our jobs. Who would have thought? So for Dave, this was Drake, and we'll see y'all next time on Lockdown Sentinels. Take care, everybody. Go Knowles. Go Knowles, baby.